0: Tonight on the show, Hillary and I catfish a serial killer and resist the urge to slap a teenager across the face. The movie is Lisa. This is Manic Movie Monday. Tonight on the show, we're catfishing serial killers. That's what we're doing. Um, Hillary is Hillary's here. Hey, guy. (laughs) Hi, guy. We're catfishing serial killers. Uh, So the movie is the 1989 classic, in my opinion, Lisa, uh, also known as the
1: Candlelight Killer, which, in my opinion, is a much better title. Much better title. I would have watched that probably a lot sooner had that been the title than Lisa. Yeah, I I hate that
0: title. Um, So what is your background with this movie? Because I know that I saw it as a teenager, and then obviously I saw it in my 40s and it's a totally
1: different movie yeah. so what is your background with this i saw this as a teenager uh you know because of stacy keenan mm-hmm. so made sure to watch it and was totally pro lisa <laughs> she made total sense to me at you know 13 14 years old absolutely you should be able to date Prank phone calls. This movie brought back so much nostalgic moments for me where I was like, oh my God, which, you know, we'll get into in a minute, but like, mom called 411. What? Yeah. yeah, anybody that is not our age group has no idea what I just said. Exactly. They don't know what 411 is. And I did a little bit of
0: research because I know a lot of people would watch this movie and think, oh, well, why didn't they just star 69 each other yep. or anything? And actually, star 69 what did not come thing? into
1: effect until uh, 1992. That definitely... I mean, you researched it, so we're going to say <laughs> that you are correct.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: But yeah, then I watched it now at 44, and I have a 13-year-old daughter, and was just ready to punch Lisa in the face just about every fucking scene. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I thought, I thought well, this was just
0: Aaron not liking children, but actually, this movie... It's so different because when I saw this as a teenager, I remember thinking, oh, my God, that mom is so strict, Yeah, like not letting her daughter date till she's 16. What kind of craziness is this? You know, and now I watch it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I wish my mother had kind of done the same thing because I, I don't know how old you were when you started dating. I was about 15 and. It was too soon because by the time I was 17, I was dating someone who was 25,
1: which is just disgusting on so many levels. So how old were you when you started dating? I was 14. Uh, I started dating. a. I was a freshman in high school. I started dating a senior Mm -hmm. because he was in a band and had a car. And then I we'd never had like the talk with So by the time I started dating, you know, he was ready for boning and I was just like, okay, yeah, I guess this is just like what we do. So it was not, as soon as I was allowed to like start dating, I was fucking.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so anyway, for those of you who are just joining us. (laughs) This conversation went, went south real fast. But uh, so this movie is called Lisa. It came out in 1989, though it is erroneously credited as 1990. It's not. It's, um, it was shot in 88, came out in 89, originally released in theaters, did really well. But the production company was like, well, fuck that. We're going to release it on video and we're going to release it to HBO because we're going to make more money. So the release date of that is 1990, which is why a lot of people know it as a 1990 movie. Uh, but this movie is so delightfully 80s. <laughs> there is yeah. there is a lot of... Uh, there's some stonewashed denim. Uh, a lot of stonewashed denim.
1: <laughs> I, I think there's some crimped hair at one point. Like, there's some very, like... Oh, the best friend Wendy. I mean, like like, with those curls and oh, everything. God. But I'm sure while they are in high school, there's some crimped hair you know a swatch watcher too there's definitely (laughs) yes thank you there is definitely some swatch
0: action going on um so this movie is like i've heard this described and i love it as harriet the spy meets american psycho
1: okay all right yeah no I'll, i'll give you that so it is about a 14 year
0: old girl named lisa who has this she has this mother who is very cool in that she lets her, you know, wear her clothes and, and swear and <laughs> do all the things that 14-year-olds like to do. But the one thing her mother will not allow her to do is date. She has a very strict rule, which is
1: she's not allowed to date until she's 16. What happens when you're 16? And the reason <laughs> is... Oh, well, she had Lisa when she was probably 14, 15, which is why they can still wear the same clothes. And that's like her best friend. And yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Not the kind of relationship I had with my mother growing up, by the way.
1: No, definitely (laughs) not. And I remember watching that as a teenager thinking like, man, I wish my mom was cool like that. And, you know, like (laughs) where I could just talk to her. Or wear her clothes. I probably could have worn my mom's clothes, realistically, but who would want to? Wear your mom's clothes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So the, the the daughter in
0: question is played by Stacey Keenan. And Stacey Keenan was, was big in our time, kids, uh, because she was the star of a show called My Two Dads. Yeah. And then later on, she went to star on a TGIF show called Step by Step, which is more my sister's generation than mine. But... Uh, But in My Two Dads was legendary.
1: like um, <laughs> uh, The purple couch, chair, car thing. Yeah. I thought that was the coolest. Absolutely.
0: And I wanted to have sex with Greg Avigan. I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wanted to have sex with Stacey Keenan. What, yeah. Oh my god!
0: Ah, <clears throat> uh, Welcome to Point Counterpoint. <laughs> so, so... The lesbian that almost Right, wants. right.
1: That's my memoir title. So...
0: So she's boy crazy basically because yeah. she has been denied this this opportunity to date and so she has a scrapbook a
1: very I guess Weird. did I did you have a did you have a scrapbook like this not of random dudes around town that I followed with a polaroid camera Yes it's important to point out that the that
0: her and her best friend uh, Wendy that's right Wendy and Lisa for you Prince aficionados out there um, Wendy and her have this thing that they do which nowadays I think is highly illegal I'm pretty sure it's illegal now too it was illegal then too but where they find a guy take his picture write down his license plate yeah. <laughs> number and then call the DMV make a phony claim that their car was hit and it was a hit and run situation get the guy's phone number and then prank call him
1: yes i was very yeah totally illegal by the way you know and from there so they call the dmv do start doing the prank calls and that really brought back 80s before there was caller id right and you could just (laughs) are we gonna do shout outs
0: is it shout out time buddy no. Okay. So So, yeah, so this is clearly super illegal and they decide that ah! <laughs> Oh my god. We're going to have to cut all of this out. Do you want to you want to get out? You want to get out and go see Daddy? Okay, hold on. Come on. Come on.
1: Let's go. <clears throat> To see here. just to
0: see here. yeah just, just another day in the clubhouse um so yeah so these girls obviously pick up the wrong person and end up pranking him and he's a serial killer but we're gonna do a we're actually gonna do a blow-by-blow blow, if you will of this film probably a bad choice of words and no, um, blow by blow. I like yeah blow-by-blow mm-hmm. blow. that's good that's healthy um so the movie opens with a gentleman preparing a romantic candlelit seduction scene yes um
1: so much so that he is thoughtful and shaves his face yes yeah no it is when the movie like first opens it looks like an erotic thriller yeah very much and when i started watching it again this time i was just like oh is that like because i thought about watching it with my kids because that's like what i do now is watch you know great horror movies with them to introduce them to the world and i did not watch this with them last night and when the first opening scene started i was just thinking like oh thank god i'm not watching this with my 10 year old son
0: yes (laughs) yes so this gentleman um reaches into this woman's lingerie drawer which is just full of silk and satin 80s right i mean like literally if you if, if like a serial killer went into my you know drawer it would just be like granny panties and like a
1: vibrator uh, for me, it would be eighteen different bras that I never wear because they hurt and the wires are sticking out and jabbing me in the armpit. Amen, sister. And then like the one sports bra with like all the deodorant stains because we yeah. wash it once a week. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. Breathe it randomly and just yes. go out about our day. I
0: we are disgusting yeah
1: i would be too (laughs) gross to be murdered by the kids (laughs) yes
0: (laughs) that was one of the things that i thought about was like well hillary and i are not only not in the demographic of teenager we're also not in the demographic of
1: of the women that serial killers normally prey upon other than the like other than the fact that like a few years ago i if I had gone missing, nobody would notice. Like, before you knew me. Right. Yeah, like, eight years ago, totally serial killer demographic. Back when you were Street Hillary. Yeah, Street Hillary could have been picked up, put in a dungeon, and no one would have been the wiser. Right right exactly so made it to my gratitude list many
0: a time. yes i, I love it yeah <laughs> it has it has been on my gratitude list it's like thank god i did not end up chopped up into tiny little pieces in a black trash bag in somebody's alley basically um so the young woman who lives in this house because apparently it's not this guy's house she
1: comes home and she checks her answering machine i know i loved that too where she's like pressing play oh. and oh you just god it's so... it was like on an actual cassette tape yes like the big answering machines 89 guys
0: bringing us back man bringing us back and um and the first machine the first answering machine message is from her best friend and she's like yeah we're
1: there's a there's a sale at wherever maxfields bring plastic oh bring plastic because credit cards had now just come out and was let's... such a thing yeah right so
0: sure um ruin our credit scores and the,
1: oh man and then the, the 80s
0: what up and then the second message is from a guy who she's apparently dating uh andy and andy's just you know saying like you know hey i'm just calling because i'm thinking about you and i love thinking about you and i love talking to you so give me a call back which <laughs> i thought was weird yeah I, it
1: was weird <laughs> Also, it's the director's voice. Oh, did not know that. Of course. I mean, why would I? But yeah, no, when I heard that message, my stomach kind of like flipped where I was just like, ew. And like her face is like, oh, yeah.
0: there are several. Mo- I will tell you this. There are several moments in this movie that when I watched this as a teenager, I thought were adorable guy moments. Whereas watching this in my 40s, I'm like, you fucking pedo creeper. Yeah. And I, I know where we're, we're going to go with that. Yeah. yeah. So so the last answering machine message is from Richard. And it says, hi, this is Richard. I'm in your apartment and I'm going to kill you. And just as that happens, um, Eddie Van Halen jumps out and plays a guitar lick.
1: Really? No, no.
0: I wish that was true.
1: <laughs> I was like, what? What? But the but I was singing in the soundtrack or something and I totally missed it. And I was like no fucking idea damn it well every
0: time every time this uh person goes to kill someone it plays like this like meow, like guitar lick
1: oh okay see you got to let me know about the jokes a little <laughs> yeah. bit beforehand you can't just like have me show up and just I be like and then it's Eddie Van Halen playing guitar and i was like get the fuck out of here right. what an 80s movie and you're like no <laughs> no no it's
0: not really. really it's not it's just go, oh. somebody playing guitar Um, so Got me. So she turns <laughs> she turns around and the guy who has been preparing this candlelight seduction scene is, in fact, a serial killer. And he is wearing rubber gloves and he tr- and he basically chokes her out and says, I love you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we fast forward to a Catholic school girl, a Catholic, Catholic school, girls school, Catholic girls school.
1: Yeah, it's co-ed because Wendy starts dating Nick.
0: They are from a different school.
1: They have the same
0: uniform the guys don't have the same uniform as the girls the guys are wearing like regular clothes
1: no
0: yes no yes they're from a. they're from a nearby school i know i'm sorry <laughs> when they show okay well later later on when they sorry. show yeah no, i know I'm right We're. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> call off the dogs piss on the fire we're done okay um so we see that this, these two teenage girls, and they are 14 years old. They go to a Catholic school, and they change immediately into what looks like uh, dresses you would wear for Easter. Yeah, very
1: much. Yeah, very Easter Sunday. I, I think Let's there's go. stockings involved. Oh, yeah. No, tights. <laughs> tights. Not stockings. Yeah, tights. 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 Oh. Yeah, white tights. And, oh, God. There's a lot in the Ooh. dress. So much.
0: And this is where we meet our heroine, so to speak. Lisa, and her friend, Wendy. And all we know is that they have a plan, and it is a very specific plan because it is time-sensitive. Yeah. No, they're just running through,
1: and one of them has, you know, the Polaroid.
0: Someone has a Polaroid camera, exactly, and they take a picture of some random dude yeah. <laughs> who's driving in a convertible. Thank yeah. thank God for that, because they wouldn't get a good shot. And they copy down his license
1: plate number, which ladies and gentlemen, is want more. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good W-N-T-M-O-R-E. Want more. my God. Because I want more of stuff, too. Want more. Want
0: more. So meanwhile, we see that Lisa has a mother who is Catherine, and Catherine owns Designs by Catherine. A, can, a, a candle flower, shop. A yeah. flower shop. Thank you. She owns a flower shop. And um, yeah, these girls basically write down men's license plates and then they call the DMV and somehow convince the people at the DMV to give them the phone numbers of these yeah. men that they are stalking. Yes. Yeah,
1: no, it, this is like a a how to stalker guide, really.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because you know, we've already established that there is a there there is a stalker out there, you know, that Richard is a stalker uh because obviously he has broken into this woman's house, he has set up a complete candlelit seduction scene and killed her and gotten away with it. And we know that he has done this several times because there are several newspaper Uh, headlines that say candlelight killer you know strikes again and candlelight killer claims seventh seventh victim
1: yeah seventh victim uh you know they're they are talking about the candlelight killer just like it's more background information it's never like really the focus of the scene but on the news on the head paper the head papers what is happening (laughs) the headlines yeah headlines of the newspapers the head papers which is clearly just a head paper at this point yeah head paper yeah so now that we all know we can just shorten that down so you know yeah (laughs) headlines headlines and newspapers way too many letters
0: so during one of these situations where they're calling the dmv to get the phone number so they can stalk guys um wendy gets a phone call from a boy at school who asks her out on a date?
1: Yeah, Nick Rinaldi. Nick Rinaldi
0: is asking I'm her out on still a date. Standby goes to her school, but I'll digress. All right. <laughs> okay, all right. And um, so so she gets invited on a date, and apparently he has a friend, Eric. Eric, and Eric wants to go out with Lisa, um, but Lisa, of course, explains, you know, I cannot date until I'm 16, and Wendy then says, well, mom. you have to lie, you know, lie to your mom. And
1: if you don't date, people are going to think you're weird. Yeah. Oh, totally. I do remember the big, you know, just lie to your mom. And now I was thinking like, oh, Wendy's a shitty friend. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. At the time, I'm like, go, Wendy. Yeah, of course, you are clearly logical explanation lie to your Wendy. mom. Yeah. Why not? But then, you know, we learned that Lisa and her mom, Catherine, have this amazing very close relationship where they do not lie to each other where they talk their problems out where they talk their feelings
1: girls before there were gilmore girls yes and less annoying yeah oh
0: i know that was rough i i I know and i and you know what it's funny i i've watched gilmore girls but there are times when it gets grating and i can't handle it (laughs) okay
1: This is Pro Gilmore girls area over here. So, let us know in the comments. What comments at on? us. Yeah. Which do you prefer? Um
0: so uh Team Lorelai. <laughs> so So um she, you know, obviously Lisa has to tell them no she can't. And so when her mom comes home to find her, she's crying. And, you know, her mom says, you know, hey, let's make let's make dinner and we'll talk about whatever it is that's bothering you.
1: You know, like most parents didn't do in 1989. Yeah. No. It was, you know, it was the 80s. They were now going to work and raising, you know, Gen X holla. And, you know, we really were taking care of ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So. So um, they're 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 cooking. And she tells her mom, you know, Wendy got asked out on a date. I got asked out on a date. I had to say no. You know, there. Wendy said that all these kids are going to think I'm weird. And her mother says, you know, I'm going to make you a big button that says I'm not weird. My mom is. Um, and she's like, oh, very funny. Uh, and she tells her, which uh, her mother's explanation for her not wanting to date is so beautiful. Because she says, you know, it's, it's not that I think you're going to have sex. It's that. Dating brings about a bunch of emotional responsibilities that you are not emotionally equipped to handle at this moment.
1: And she's right. Yeah. At 14. Oh, absolutely not. Mom is stupid. I can handle anything at 40. Uh, yes. Very, very well stated. Yeah. You don't you're just like really learning how to like be a friend. Oh my god. You know like how to maintain friendships and stay in contact and you know give a shit about somebody else's opinions. Use communication properly. Uh, like all of those things are just you're starting to learn how to do them and now we're going to add pressure to that like regardless of if you want to have sex or not there are just other things that you do as a girlfriend that can you handle and and until you can talk to somebody about that like yeah wildly different movie at 40 blew my mind how much I was like I don't remember this at all but I remember the scene but I did not have the feelings I'm having right now. exactly it's like our
0: emotional response to this movie was totally different this time around than it was when we were teenagers and we saw it um so they forget that they're out of rice Ah. and I think her mom's making a stir fry so she says okay go down to the local store and you know take take my keys and the mace <laughs> and so while lisa is um is is walking home from getting the rice she
1: notices a couple making out in a car and decides to leer at them yeah like crouch down behind like trash or something whatever and like really be and i was like oh your mother is absolutely right to not let you date being that you cannot control yourself <laughs> To just like a let people be you weird, pervert little fucking girl. Yes,
0: absolutely. So she's crouching down and then she gets startled by a dog, thank God for that dog, and she ends up running from the dog and she runs right into our serial killer, Richard. And her rice goes flying
1: and his uh, cassette tape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he drops his cassette tapes on the ground. And then, you know, in true serial killer faction, he is very charming. And let me help you pick up your rice. And, you know, how old are you? And she was like, I'm 14. And he was like, oh, you could pass for 16 easy. And I was like,
0: totally, I know, totally creepy. Like, really, like, very charming. But
1: at the same time, through 40-year-old eyes, very creepy. Very, very creepy, and then, you know, she just kind of, like, in this dreamlike daze, you know, walks back to the house of just, I met the most perfect man, and I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you are just dumb and 14.
0: Exactly, it's like, no, of course your mom is not letting you date, because
1: you have problems. Yeah, yeah. she, like, mom doesn't even know about the scrapbook, we do, so... I kept thinking, like, you are so immature and naive to the world. How are you best friends with the Cheryl Ladd character where you see men coming at her from all angles and you just can't grasp that, like, men are weird to you, but you are so, like, cock-hungry at 14? Like, do not be going out Uh, on... You... uh, I... I... yes
0: absolutely agreed on all fronts completely you're fucking
1: weird lisa so
0: now that's dating or not it's important (laughs) exactly she's just a weird kid so it's important to point out though that even though wendy and lisa are under the impression that Catherine is not dating anyone because she because she's quote you know frigid uptight i believe is the word that was used um Catherine is in fact dating someone. Yes. She's dating a salt and pepper fellow who has no name. No,
1: he, well, he doesn't need one. And I was, I loved this scene because, like, so I'm stepmom, right? I'm not bio mom. And, you know, she talks about how, you know, and he's like, oh, I've dated uh, women with children before. And she goes, oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, You know, did you get along with them? And he's like, yeah. Oh, okay. And then, Do you still see them now that you're not together? And this has been a deep point between Talon and I where we talk about, you know, like, I'm expected, quote unquote, to, like, pour this love and money and time and everything into these children, which, yes, they deserve. But if you leave me, you take all of that with you. And I have no rights. I have no ties. And, like you guys can move on and even though like they're hurt like you know like that it hurts and it hurts from like a step-parent perspective and I'm sure it hurts from a child perspective and I don't mean to get so like heavy on a movie named Lisa from 1989 but it's that's like a real like the step-parent burden of you can just rip everything away from me and I and there's nothing I can do And it's terrifying and it's very difficult to try and straddle that line. So there's my PSA. I think that's fantastic, though. I was going to ask you because as being a
0: stepmom, you know, and and me not being, you know, any kind of mom, unless you count Murphy, um, you know, I which we don't. uh, But it's but it's like you have a totally different perspective on this. You know, you've been through that situation and this is not your first go around with
1: having that situation as well. So, yeah, no. And do not recognize. I yeah no being a step parent is easily one of the hardest things I have ever done in my life. I have owned businesses, I have been successful in business. I have like, you know, come up from literally the gutter to like have an amazing life. I don't use drugs anymore. Like all of that is fantastic and being a step parent is the hardest thing I have ever and, you know you never think that you're doing it enough and you know what's the line between this is mom's responsibility to my responsibility to when does dad chime in and just constantly trying to maintain a state of balance while being kind loving empathetic understanding and know that tomorrow he can walk out and take his children and fuck you
0: amazing uh, just totally amazing. So they have this conversation and, you know, it kind of ends with him sort of being like, you know, Hey, you know, call me when you want to introduce me to your kid kind of thing. And just kind of walks, you know, away. And we're, we're, we're too led to believe that maybe that relationship is not going anywhere. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Oh God. <clears throat> meanwhile, Lisa decides that she is going to call Richard because at this point she has got his license plate number. She has written it down she's on the prowl you know and um
1: she's face richard's face when we cut to the scene of the black couch so 80s and there's nothing else in there there's a rug and a couch right it's it's important to point out that this is the most patrick bateman-esque room
0: it's a room like literally looks and it looks like even though you see that there is a door leading to possibly a bedroom It literally looks like he just sits on that couch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no TV, no Mm -hmm. artwork. Mm -hmm. It is a black couch on a rug with a rotary phone, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And like his face when that phone rings was fantastic. Oh
0: my God. And so she, she makes a, we can only call it a breathy phone call to him. Hi. Hi guy. Is this Richard? And he's like, yes. And she says, um and she starts to they they have a conversation, which thank God I will say the only saving grace with these phone calls is that they do not get explicit. Or they don't they don't even get even the slightest innuendo, thank God. Because yeah, we would be in a not, totally different territory.
1: Yeah, it's not weird. It's literally Richard trying to figuring out where he knows this woman because that's all she keeps leading to of just like, oh, you have so many women in your life, you forgot about me. And, you know, she has stalked him enough to know where he works, what he drives, where he lives, and he's just trying to play the cat and mouse game where he's almost on the other end of being prey and just like really, he's totally enthralled with the game and Lisa is a 14 year old girl just like trying to pretend to be grown up and just hearing the stories about like what happens to her mom and bringing those to Richard. But yes. it doesn't get weird. It's just, it's cat and mouse on both ends. Exactly. And, it,
0: and, and next time we're, we're greeted. To, uh, we are treated to a stock fest because yeah. the girls are stalking him And he is stalking his next victim,
1: who is working out at an aerobic studio. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. With headband. Yes. You know, I believe a side ponytail. And we all know side ponytail means you do butt stuff. Like, (laughs) I feel like we all just know that. I mean, that's pretty much. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. So and then she jumps into her Saab 900 turbo convertible. And I was just like, man, that was really probably who I wanted to be when this movie came out. Absolutely. <laughs> she's she's gorgeous, man. She's, she's working out at the aerobics studio
0: next to the restaurant where Richard is either a manager or he owns it.
1: I'm going with manager. I'm definitely going to say manager because he, I mean, he walks in. In a tux. In a tux. But then he's just kind of walking around like shaking hands. And I feel like when you're the owner I that might be an owner thing you know what we really don't know what he does because his house is literally one black leather chair and a rug so
0: he right it is it's kind of it's like he has the apartment of somebody who's a manager um but he just walks around in a tux all the time
1: yeah and like and polishes one glass
0: yes he polishes (laughs) one glass and instructs somebody and then that's it that's what he does that's
1: that's his job and I was like I could do
0: meanwhile he is stalking his next victim he uh we see his next victim her name is judy judy Judy. poor judy are you there
1: god it's me judy yeah and this poor woman so she's listening to her answering machine again the largest answering machine i think i've ever seen in my life like this thing was a a coffee table by itself Maybe a nightstand. Coffee table's a bit much, but definitely a nightstand.
0: Yeah. So he. So she's she's playing her answering machine messages. She's the
1: one who calls four one one because she needs to call for the LAX That's flight. Right, LAX. Sorry, sorry. Guess. Yeah, I know we're gonna have to. Yeah. I, you- I got so excited there. No, it's yes. Funny, you can totally leave it. Yeah. No, so Judy. So Judy
0: calls four one one because her boyfriend slash husband slash fiance whatever he is um is coming in on LAX flight whatever mm-hmm. and she wants to know if that flight's on the ground which is funny because I think nowadays you could never find that information
1: out no you could never find that information out but she calls 411 anybody that does not know 411 used to was google you know you would call 411 it was the information number and then, so she says, you know, I need the number to LAX, then hangs up and has to call the phone number. Doesn't even write it down. We just had to memorize seven numbers because you didn't have nine at this point because you didn't have area codes. And she dialed, I have a whole paragraph written about this in my notes, of how blown away that she called 411, hung up, and then dialed seven numbers to call an airport and talk to a person. <laughs> What? <laughs> the 80s were wild. Oh my god.
0: So that's her that's the first message and um, oh, yeah. and then And then some other, then some other there's a, another message in there somewhere. And then the next message is Richard, hi Judy. This is Richard. I'm in your apartment and I'm going to kill you. So she thinks it's a prank call from some other dude named Jim. So she calls Jim and leaves Jim a voicemail. And she basically says, you know, leave your sick games for somebody else. And by the way, lose my number. And immediately turns around to be greeted by Richard, who lifts her up by her neck. Yeah. And then
1: Michael Myers.
0: Is and what I was thinking. yes, and then drags her. Down the hallway to the seduction scene that he has set up. It's important to point out that, in no, nowhere in this movie do they mention the word rape. No. They do not mention that he is a rapist, no, but he not. is a fucking rapist. <laughs> and we're about to see exactly what happens um, in a very sanitized, almost PG rated filth sort of way rape, you know yeah it's very strange because this movie is a pg-13 movie but it's so dark that it really should have been an r in a lot of ways um i feel like they sort of they they missed the boat on this you know i feel like they probably could have gotten away with that (laughs) with more um but there's almost something very creepy and sleazy about it being a pg-13
1: movie see i totally it totally made sense to me that it was a pg-13 movie because there wasn't a lot of cursing there's not a lot of blood no uh you know there's no you know smoking drinking drug use this and that and like even the rape is you know it's one scene and it's not you know it's not last house on the left right exactly
0: he, he basically nice
1: rape, I removes her <laughs> right he he
0: basically <laughs> removes her blouse and she says please say something and he says i love you and then they sort he pushes himself onto her and it just falls out of frame and that's the end of the scene yeah,
1: like as far as a rape goes like that's probably one of the nicest rapes i've ever seen it's true compared to like
0: last house on the left or oh god any any of the other movies you know
1: spit on your grave yes yes. yeah like there are just some horrific things that you know we have watched so to me pg-13 of just letting teenage girls like no stop being stupid you know
0: like I like that. I like that. It's almost like it's a good thing that they made it PG-13 so that these teenage girls could make it. And fun fact, the director made this movie because his daughter, his teenage daughter, whose name is Melissa, Melissa. could not see his movies. Because every movie he had made prior to this had been R-rated. So he made this movie for her, which on some level is disturbing and weird. Yeah, Melissa. Melissa. Yeah, exactly. Um, So we kind of flash forward uh time is really not linear in this movie by the way we don't really know when things happen but yeah so we flash to richard's apartment it's obviously post killing rape and um he has a box of cassette tapes with women's names on them and one tape says incoming and the other one says outgoing and that is so disturbing to me
1: Yeah, I was like, does he call them before he murders them and leaves them, like, because it's the voice, it's the cassette tape from the answering machine. So I'm just like, okay, we hear the, hi, this is Richard, I'm in your apartment and I'm going to kill you. Uh, I would really like to know what was on the incoming tape. I don't feel like that was ever answered. I
0: feel like the incoming is him leaving that message and I feel like the outgoing is him murdering them.
1: Well, how how does he record that with the answering machine in the other room?
0: Maybe, he seems like he's pretty technologically savvy with the exception of the fact that he doesn't actually own an answering machine. He just has a recorder that's sitting on his um on his table because they have that conversation later on, him and Lisa have a conversation over the right, phone which is you don't have a voicemail, oh, you know. Doesn't everybody have a voicemail, but he's got a recorder and that's what makes me wonder.
1: Okay. Yeah, see, and I totally thought it was, like, the first incoming message that he leaves these women, and then, like, the outgoing, that makes more, your theory is so much better than mine. Cause mine just left me confused, and then once my brain came up with it, I was just like, "Why aren't we playing the incoming tape?" Yeah. I feel like I feel like mine is just way more dark and disturbing. But, but like right as it should be. I mean, the movie's not you know a happy fairy tale like that. But I think that's like his porn. Yeah. Oh, for sure, that's his porn. Yeah.
0: Because there are moments in this movie where he records Lisa's voice and he rewinds it and rewinds it and rewinds it and plays it, and it's right. basically just her being like.
1: Hi, guy. Did I wake you? Oh, yeah. No, I was just uh, sleeping. Well, you get back to bed and I'll call you tomorrow. No, wait. Click. Click.
0: <laughs> very, very awkward.
1: Very so, Bart Simpson. Yeah. Calling the bar. Calling
0: the bar. Calling Moe's bar. Yeah. So Lisa decides to take her stocking one step further. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yay! And
1: climb into Richard's car. Yep. Yeah, no, The she goes to his apartment to just go and act out a scene with him, weirdo, and their guy, other guy who pulls in has the same alarm code with his key, key fob. Which, okay, uh, now, obviously, I did not own a car
0: at this point in time, because I would have been, like, nine or eight. Is this a thing that happened
1: where people had the same key yeah. code? The- yeah, no, oh, this this is, like, a thing, and I especially remember it with garage door openers, uh, there was where I was living whenever I remember that, who knows, but there was a big thing about when you buy your garage door opener to make sure that you change the code because thieves were just driving around with the store bought, like I'll buy a new one and wow. just drive around. And that's how they would get into your house. And we had a rash of burglaries from people who did not program their garage door openers. Oh my
0: God. That is so creepy. Wow. I mean, well, you know, on some <laughs> level. <laughs> On
1: some level, definitely. <laughs> the criminal in me was just like, Oh, that's a good idea. Genius! Yeah.
0: Genius, I Dad, say. For
1: Christmas, I need a garage door opener.
0: <laughs> so she hides in his car because she realizes he's coming, and the car arms itself. Yeah. So she's locked in the back seat of his car. And this is a very suspenseful moment in the movie.
1: It is other than the fact that I was like, how does he not feel her there? Because they're back to back. In, in, you know, he's in the driver's seat and she's literally, her back pressed up. Now, you, she is a 14-year-old girl. He is a grown man. Now, I understand it's a station wagon, so it does have a little bit of room. But how he does not feel a human body pressed up against the back in his car for his leg room to where she would have to be sitting just had me so angry right? and then I was just, like I could it was very tense but I was like there's no way he doesn't feel her he has to feel her and Talon was just like it you know you can let it go and I was like but it doesn't make sense right? and he was like that we're dealing with like reality in this movie like since when have any of the movies you've watched needed to be real life real practical anything so I just need you to get past this
0: so she's hiding in the back seat meanwhile Richard decides to put on some uh some blues music
1: yeah. and and jam out with sunglasses on yeah I uh, very so 80s it you know just reminding me of uh Risky James Business Spader. oh yeah Spader that's who I saw it was any 80s movie with James Spader that's how he was driving the music he would listen to with the shades
0: absolutely yeah. it was it was pretty wild and uh So she figures out how to get out of the car. um, But unfortunately, when she gets out of the car, Richard's already left the car because he has to go pick up his dry cleaning, apparently. Uh, He needs his tux, tux, man. So um, she's like, "Okay, I obviously I have to get out of this car. It's going to trigger the alarm. I need to run. And that's exactly what she does. Richard notices his car alarms going off and he's you know she
1: leaves the door open that i was like just close the door and you could just think something hit the car he now knows somebody was trying to get in or out of your car like you stupid 14 year old girl i want to punch you in the face very very true
0: i mean it's such there's moments like that where you're like oh good lord uh one of my one of my favorite quotes is um her 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 best friend wendy basically says you know he could be some kind of pervert and she's like how could a guy who looks looks
1: like that that be a pervert i wrote that line down where i was just like and then i started so this is what happened right that line happens i write the line down in my note how could a guy look like that be a pervert then i start googling who is the sexiest serial killer oh god did they say fucking richard ramirez um because that's gross yeah did not go richard ramirez but like you know one of the first things that always pops up is like it was you know bundy and i'm just like he wasn't that fucking cute he's not attractive not of all at the all. guy all the guys who have played bundy are attractive bundy I,
0: himself is not attractive
1: not at all so i started googling that so i tune out of the movie for a moment and that's when it you know bundy shows up and i just like look over at talon and i'm just like they're trying to say bundy is sexy and he was like what are we talking where are you right now and i was like googling the world's sexiest (laughs) (laughs) it was like jesus when you die i'm gonna have to erase your browser history on everything huh
0: oh my god yes yes. absolutely (laughs) so fresh
1: fresh off that
0: line um the conversation gets really uncomfortable because she calls richard and at this point she's been calling him rick this entire time and he gets into his whole do not call me rick
1: yeah i don't like it yeah call me richard okay
0: so she starts to reveal little bits of information about herself and one of them is that she is named lisa and she has long blonde hair
1: yes and he says uh your name isn't lisa but okay
0: Right. If that's what you want me
1: to call you, okay. Yeah, but totally your name isn't Lisa and that becomes
0: pseudo importantly? It's important. not really, but yeah, it's, it's just a very a strange thing, thing, you know. Meanwhile, Lisa is becoming increasingly just more um, annoying uh, to her mom because she's sitting with her best friend and they basically like what what is it called when you just ambush she ambushes her mom into agreeing to let her go to Big Bear with Wendy's family you know and I remember doing that to my parents where I would like ask them in front of a parent yes
1: yeah definitely everybody is there and I bring my friend to be like hey uh you know Samantha's dad already said it was okay if it's okay with you for her to stay here right and just put it on the spot yeah right like totally try to back you into a corner so samantha can you know spend the night but all just to note like jeffrey Tambor plays oh my dad. god okay we completely forgot to mention the fact that for some
0: reason jeffrey Tambor shows up as as wendy's dad i don't know maybe he owed someone a favor i don't know but he shows up as wendy's dad so he has kind of like an underutilized role in this movie um i mean his role is basically to like comment on the fact that there's a serial killer on the loose and and then just be like well why can't you guys come to big bear with us for the weekend
1: yeah and Catherine is like it's Flower, see, it's Easter, and that's huge in the flower industry. So I can't go. And Jeffrey Tambor is just like, well, Lisa can go. And initially, she says no. She's like, Lisa has plans. And then Jeffrey Tambor is just sitting there, like being awkward, like, oh, I think we need to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, get out of here, Wendy. Oh my
0: God. So, um, so they have this like just fight. Like her mom and her have this fight and, you know, Lisa's just an asshole to Total her. whole asshole, you know.
1: Oh, I can't think that, you know, you would think that I would have sex. I'm not an idiot like you. Just yes. se-
0: terrible. Just a really terrible fucking and, child. And
1: mom doesn't hit her.
0: No, it gets way worse, by the way. Like, this is actually one of the fights that they have. But trust me, it's going to escalate into, you know, slap a, slap a hoe territory yeah, later. Oh, back. my God. So, um, so her mom feels bad and decides that she's going to let her go to Big Bear with Wendy's family. Um, but uh, and she's busy that night. But she says, you know, tomorrow night, let's do something fun. Mm-hmm. So
1: she takes Lisa bowling yep takes Lisa bowling for you know family fun night bowling we're it's still at 44 I was just like is this fun for any maybe if you like bowling but even as 14 year old kid did not want to go bowling with my mom and 44 year old stepmom does not want to take my 14 year old daughter bowling either all of that just sound like when the scene flashed up and it's just like the bowling lane shot and I was like oh mom no. Ah, yeah. So during this scene,
0: Lisa is trying to figure out how to bowl when out of nowhere, mm-hmm. a haircut in a sweater named Dawn, Dawn decides to jump in and say, You know, you're supposed to hold it like this. Didn't your dad teach you? And she's like, I don't have a dad. You know, like, ho, oh, don't talk to strangers. Um, And he's like, well, you know, she's like, can you show me how to bowl? Now, here's the thing. A decent human being in this situation, I should say a decent male in this situation, would be like, oh, you know, that's inappropriate. I gotta go. (laughs) I am a grown ass man. You are clearly a preteen teenage girl. It's not appropriate for me to show you how to bowl. Um, But he shows her how to bowl and then tries to kind of get, usually tries to like
1: hang out with her and her mom afterwards. But he was after mom. Yeah oh, uh-huh. yeah. oh, like that's how I took it. Like, let me win over the daughter. So the daughter invites me. Cause I'm trying to bang Cheryl lad for sure. Any, yes, exactly.
0: As any man would. <clears throat> um, and, uh, and so that obviously doesn't go very well. And you can kind of tell that, that Cheryl lad, Catherine is losing her cool with this whole situation because Lisa has been making comments about how she's uptight and how, you know, she should date and why isn't she dating and, you know, all these cute boys and that guy was kind of
1: cute and, you know, just, just super inappropriate shit. And totally, this is like really solidified the, you absolutely cannot hand the emotional maturity that is involved in dating being that you get so, obsessed like some guys just like hey i'd like to bowl with you and you're like yeah you want to move in dad like it just crazy you are so unaware of the world and terrifyingly unaware of the world
0: yes and so if you think that's if you think that's bad um lisa has one phone call one more phone call With Richard where he's lifting dumbbells Which basically look like fibers by the way He's lifting dumbbells and says to her I can tell you have a Beautiful mouth
1: by the way You form your words Weird sentence Structure Dude so
0: she Acquiesces and says I will meet you at the restaurant Mm -hmm. Um of of which He's actually at first he's like I don't like to Mix business and pleasure Um But one of the things she says is, you know, do you work tonight? And he's like, I work every night. Uh, And she says, I'll be wearing a sexy white dress. Click.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was very like, you can't meet him. Because even this, that was really the point where I just went, okay, Lisa. So what's the end game here? We're obviously now bringing mom. Mm -hmm so we're trying Shudder. yeah so we're trying to hook mom and the dude you're in love with like no wonder you've been such a resentful bitch you are already mad at your mom for stealing your boyfriend who is a serial killer and none of this exists in reality you crazy person i should send you for psychiatric help at this point
0: Yes. I mean, there are these moments where you're just like, no, you are the teenager. Like, you are a teenager. She is the adult. Yeah. You know? um.
1: So she, she basically pimps out her mom. Totally pimps out her mom and then is mad at her mom for getting her guy. And none of that has happened. <laughs> it's very weird. So she gets her mom. She tells her
0: mom, you know, hey, I'm going to wear the, you know, wear the white dress tonight. You look prettier in the white dress. Yeah. Literally pimping her out. Yeah. They go to the restaurant where Richard works. Um, and Lisa is just making wildly inappropriate comments. You know, like she's trying to order liquor. Um, she She's looking around. She's saying, you know, mom, you need to smile or no one's going to want to date you. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so finally, at the end of this dinner, her mom is just fucking done. Just... She is done. She,
1: you know, she she gives her a credit card she says I'm going to the bathroom but add 20% which I thought was like what a great tip in 89 right. because like we're still tipping that in 2022 for good service Seriously So that actually kind of fucked me up for a second. I was just like, are we, should we be tipping like 25 now? Probably. And yeah, I'm still at 20. And I think of myself, you know, I do 20 to 25. And I think of myself as a relatively good tipper. I was in the industry for a very long time. But if that's what we were tipping in 1989, I think we got to up the ante. Exactly. So what? So get off my sofa. So Catherine, (laughs) Catherine
0: goes to the bathroom. And while she's on her way back from the bathroom, she runs into Richard. And Richard says, Oh, the lady in what? white. And of course, she's just like fucking creeper. And yeah. she walks away. Um, Lisa has meanwhile signed for the check and put... Oh, God. And put a napkin with a lipstick mark on it that says now you've seen me.
1: Yep.
0: So, Richard's a psycho and lifts her... Uh, lifts the, the name of the company that she... that is That's her company. Is right. She So, he knows... That that is Catherine in the white dress, and it is Catherine that works at Designs Towers by, by Catherine, Catherine. Yep, exactly. Is who paid the bill?
1: Is who paid the bill. Like, Wait, is that a business expense? I had that. I, right. did, yeah. I did. I I was just like, is dinner with your? I was car like, can you fun? do that?
0: Can you I just like, you know charge it on your on your business American yeah. Express card because it was an Amex card. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now shit's gonna hit the fan, my friend. Um. They get home and. Lisa's just like, I'm gonna go to bed. And she's like, Oh, the hell you are. You know, she's like, Look, she's like, We just stop all this bullshit. Why are you acting like this? What is going on with you? And, you know, she's like, And look, I understand that you are chemically, you know, there's a lot of like chemical things going on inside your body and that you have hormones. And I mean, she's very understanding at this point. And Lisa goes, Hormones. Maybe if you got laid once in a while, you wouldn't be such a bitch. Yep. And Cheryl Ladd, rather than just slap her across the face, which, by the way, trust me, I actually had a memory of her slapping her across the face, but she doesn't. She just pushes her into her bedroom and says, you are grounded, young lady. No big bear, no, no phone. phone and rips her phone out of the wall and walks out right and walks out and and even has this moment of like sadness where she's crying next to the door like oh my god i really i took away her phone and oh that was so bad you know you can tell that their relationship is so close that they don't have fights like
1: this yeah no this this was new for cheryl the joys of parenting a teenage girl i don't know how any of us made it to adulthood oh my
0: god i i at this point when i'm watching this movie i just wanted to like hug my mom and just be like i'm really sorry yeah like i'm really sorry that at 17 i was like i'm gonna date this 25 year old and fuck both of you because i don't care what you think and i'm gonna sneak out and i'm gonna see my boyfriend because he's special and you
1: know he's cool he's 25 and doesn't have a job and lives with his mom and yeah, no, totally exactly who we need to be dating, oh. you know. Super
0: inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> he
1: loves me for me. Oh,
0: God. Yeah, really?
1: You don't
0: understand. You don't understand. You just don't get it. You've never been in love like this before. Slap. Uh, so Richard now has, you know, the information on Catherine, yeah. yep. right? He knows that they're, you know, Lisa's, Lisa's somebody else, and Catherine is who he wants to kill. That yeah, is his yeah, next yeah.
1: victim. Yeah, now, now he goes from prey when it was just the phone calls. And now he can go back to his very comfortable role of, okay, Predator. Absolutely.
0: Um, Lisa, if you think that Lisa has is, was an asshole last night, uh, get ready. Because Lisa decides that she is going to defy her mom and go to Big Bear with Wendy's family anyway.
1: Well, obviously. That was honestly one of the only things that Lisa did that made total sense to me. Well, it is a very... <laughs> It it is a very teenage girl thing to do. Like, totally made sense to me. And then I thought, why didn't Catherine, mom, call Wendy's parents and say, I am so sorry. Lisa's not going to be able to come to Big Bear uh and make up any fucking thing that you want i am so sorry because when parents show up to take him to big bear they have no idea that she's not going
0: nope they think they're like you know lisa i hope you brought your i hope you brought your sleeping bag because you know we got to get on the road and she's like oh i guess we're just gonna go and no one's gonna say anything so so now shit gets crazy richard is stalking Catherine he's he's watching her from afar um one of my favorite shots in this movie is when uh Catherine is walking home and there is you know police and news crew and they're all surrounded they've all surrounded this person's this woman's house and it's you know one of the victims yeah Allison <laughs> Allison that would be our first victim that we saw in the movie um and not the first victim he had, but the first victim we saw. And um, and what's really fucked up is that
1: that body was there for a week. There for a week, which is just weird. Because I'm like, where did she work? That like nobody, she didn't go to work for, you know, as an adult. I was like, how did, you had to have had a job. You own your home. So ha, what, how weird. But then what I was entertained with that all the news cameras are going off and interviewing she just walks right through live new news broadcasts you know police tape and everything and she's just you know walking her groceries you know on home through the middle of everything and I was just like no no you're just it it's a live news bro okay. just walking through the live news bra- broadcast
0: in Venice So she's walking home Richard is sitting in his car giggling Mm -hmm. and watching the cops work which is something serial killers love to do
1: yeah no he's really getting off on his next victim is walking through the first victim nice yeah huge huge boner I'm sure in the car just thoroughly titillated if you will
0: Lisa has her last phone call with Richard, which is funny because like her, she's in Big Bear with Wendy's family. Wendy's family is downstairs packing all their shit up. And Lisa's like, you know, I'm bored. I think I'll call that
1: guy again. Yeah. Well I mean like that's her obsession. Yeah. Like he she's obsessed with him and he's obsessed with killing her, Catherine, her mom. Right. You know, just like that whole circle which
0: It's is a weird a cool little way. yeah, exactly. It's a definitely definitely a cool dynamic. So so she calls Richard,
1: Richard calls her on her lie. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't tell me your name is Lisa. I know who you are. And she's like, you don't know, no, like, my name is Lisa. I, I swear it's totally Lisa. You saw me at the restaurant. I'm Lisa. And he was just like, listen, bitch, your name is Catherine. And then like reality kind of punches Lisa in the face. I think she just hangs up. And it's like she I does. She's like, nope. She didn't even say, it. yeah, she doesn't not even say that. She's like, No,
0: please don't call me that. And she's like, and he's like, No, your name is Catherine. And she's like, click, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh so she calls her mom uh to do damage control because she's afraid that like Richard's gonna tell her, like, oh he's, right. you know, your daughter's been calling me and you know, what? Um and her you know, she 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 calls her mom and says, you know, hey, if uh if someone called if someone named Richard calls you and tells you this like crazy story. It's just a kid from school, and he's playing a joke. Yeah, it's basically, a it's, it's a prank. It's a prank call. It's a prank call. So, oh, oh, okay. And I, I had to say this because Richard's been been stalking Catherine, and one of the things that Richard does to stalk Catherine is hide out in her car and smoke cigarettes in her car. Yeah. And we've never seen Catherine smoke a cigarette. So I don't know about you, but as someone who doesn't smoke, if I got into my car and I noticed that there were cigarette butts in my car, I would yeah. get the fuck away from that car.
1: Yeah, like the whole ashtray in the car, because cars used to have ashtrays, kids, Um, is full of Winston's gross. <laughs> first of all, like... Richard is disgusting um and so but yeah like so she just gets in the car your car has to reek of smoke and then she sees the entire ashtray full and she was just like hmm, yeah suspicious and like just she's like I better go to work now yeah that nothing else to see here that's interesting and she does mention of it, you know, to the store clerk later, where she was just like, yeah, somebody's taking up residence in my car. Yes, she does say
0: that. Oh my God, she totally does say that, which I mean his response would be like, what are you fucking talking like a right.
1: homeless person? right like and there and it just, they're totally like, yep, yeah, you know, that just happens. Yeah, like this is totally a normal occurrence for where they live that just people break into your cars, live in them while you're in your house. And when you go to work in the morning, just they're not there anymore. Like this is just, this is, these are the times. <laughs> oh my God. I
0: forgot she has that conversation with the bodega owner. I completely forgot about that. So She gets so Catherine gets home and listens to her answering machine messages. One of them is Lisa telling her, like, hey, if a guy named Richard calls, it's it's a prank. And the next message is Richard saying, hi, Catherine, this is Richard. I'm in your apartment and I'm going to kill you. And she just shakes her head and goes, kids.
1: Yeah, totally like shrugs it off. And then goes looking for Lisa, thinking Lisa is home now.
0: Exactly, because the toilet is running.
1: Yeah, the toilet is running. And then there's a a nick of blood on a towel, you know, from when he was shaving his face, because gotta look presentable. And- for for the other kills that we had seen it was very hi this is richard i'm in your apartment i'm going to kill you, right you. and then he's right but she walks around the apartment it looks like she's gonna make some coffee you know take a shower she's talking to lisa let me go plant a garden like there's a time and i was just like so is he not in the apartment like he grabs you from behind that's You don't have time to run or fight back. Like your brain hears the message and he's there. And I thought that that was so brilliant because there's no time to even if you were scared for you to get out or prepare to fight or go looking or get a weapon or any of that. And then with this one, it was just he totally dismisses his entire kill style, which actually made me very upset.
0: Ah, yes. His his modus operandi kind of goes out the window. Yeah. And so she she sees the light is on in Lisa's room. So she goes in there and the door shuts and Lisa comes home from Big Bear. And um, I always love this because she's getting out of the car and Jeffrey Tambor goes, you know, do you need help? Do you need do you need a hand with that stuff? And she's like, no, I got it. Yeah, no, I got it.
1: I'm good. Oh my god! But she had nothing to bring anyway. So what stuff? Yeah, exactly. She Went without packing anything because she wasn't because she to go. wasn't allowed to go. So. so that's what I was saying. I was like, "What's what stuff is she bringing back from Big Bear? She has no suitcase. She's been wearing your daughter's clothes. So what stuff? Yeah, dude, help me. Help me carry myself in the house because that's all I. Have. That's all. That's all we have, right? So Lisa,
0: Lisa goes upstairs and she goes into her room, and her room is kind of like lit by one light and the light that it is it's like a like a reading lamp and her scrapbook is open to the page that has richard's information on it Mm -hmm. and the door slams and she looks up richard has her mom in like a chokehold and uses
1: her mom to headbutt her in the face yeah no loved that loved that was just like he got more than he like bargained for and it was just i thoroughly enjoyed seeing lisa get hit in the face finally and that her mom did it but you can't get mad at the mom for hitting her daughter because a serial killer made her hit her daughter exactly and And Richard basically just
0: takes mom and shoves her into a corner. Like, just like like a sack of laundry just done. And meanwhile, takes Lisa into her, oh God, mm, takes Lisa into her mother's bedroom, which is set up with candles. And there is lingerie laying on the, um, on the bed. And you, it's interesting because it's like, he's he wants to make her his next victim, not Catherine. Like, he's fucking. He, he threw Catherine on the floor and he was.
1: I, I was surprised that, like, he figured it out mm-hmm. that it really was Lisa calling him when Catherine wore the white dress to the restaurant. You know, Catherine, you know, is technically the adult. And how he figured out, like, that it was Lisa who it was the whole time. And, you know, mom is kind of an innocent victim. She's going to be a victim anyway, but I'm going to, you know, have to... I was like, that's actually very intelligent. Instead of just going to the house, realizing Catherine lives there, okay, she has a daughter, whatever, and, like, finding the scrapbook, putting it all together, and still having time to set up the rose petals and the lingerie and the... can't. Like, how long were you in there? (laughs) That's a good question, though, because he seems...
0: If you look at all of these scenes collectively where he is in these women's apartments or houses, I mean, he he sets up camp.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it is. It is the Valentine's Day spread from hell for, for me because I hate the holiday. So like if I walked in, I would just it's awkward and uncomfortable and it's like the over the top ridiculous candles everywhere every yeah it's the 400 candles that are lit like you see it in movies and like rom-coms and every time I see it I'm just annoyed where I was like oh my god the amount of candles and the time and the energy and like there there are some girls that love that I'm not that girl I want nothing to do with it so the fact that it's done in like this movie as well is just like horrific for me where I'm just like the amount of time like, it's so unnecessary. If you're going to kill him anyway, like, why do you need to light 400 candles, buy them lingerie? Because I don't, I, I'm going to say he buys it. I don't know that he goes and gets it from the drawer. Well, in the, so the
0: first killing, when he opens up the drawer, there is like lingerie upon lingerie upon lingerie in there. Like, there are a lot of nightgowns. Now,
1: granted, he could have just bought them all. Yeah, I feel like he buys them i'm gonna say that that's what happens that's
0: good and creepy
1: what if he what if you don't like we're talking about you know with you could not find a ridiculous piece of lingerie in my i'm 40 i'm in a committed relationship like you know you what you get is what you see too totally true yeah it's you know the comfortable walmart pajamas and you know hair up in a Messed up ponytail. Yeah, maybe some boy shorts if we're lucky. But for the most yeah. part, everything is just yeah, now. Everything's well, well
0: worn, yeah well worn. And comfortable, and comfortable, because that's how it is when you're in a committed long-term relationship. So, um so he takes her into the room with the, you know, intent of raping and killing her. And meanwhile,
1: mom jumps out with a butcher knife, yeah. the longest butcher knife. In history, it is not wide. It is long. It's like a bread knife, butcher knife. So what you are picturing where it is like 18 inches long because it goes like through him into a wall. Yes. Yeah. Like, and when he pulls it out, I was like, Jesus, it's like, oh, it's horrible. I mean,
0: what's funny is this movie, like I said, we said it's PG-13, but the last 15 minutes of this movie are, whoa. So the knife is like embedded in his shoulder, he takes. Oh my God! He takes the knife and bangs it so that it pushes its way out of his shoulder. Yeah. And then he grabs it and then he chases them into the bedroom where they've hidden out. And his and her mom is like, you know, we're you know get something to bolt the door. And she's like, call the police. And and Lisa tearfully looks at her and says,
1: You took out my. Phone. i loved that scene i absolutely loved that scene like the what life was like where you just did not have a phone in your pocket at all times right. like what a different fucking world we lived in because yeah I, I remember mom screaming at her like call the police and her standing there and i'm like i fucking hate this girl because i forgot it was 1989 for that split bl- split second And just like the look on her face of utter defeat of you took my phone. And I was like, Oh, Oh my God. When that that that... was good.
0: So, uh, mom somehow comes up with, uh, she grabs, she grabs her mace and she maces his eyes. And I tell you, they must have done some research with this because his eyes are nasty when, I mean, they are like, they are dripping.
1: Shut almost. Where I was like, what sort of mace does she have? Like, this is chemical warfare, super glue. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it, it is pink eye on steroids where just, it is goops of yellow pus. Like, dripping out of his eyes. He's trying to pry them open to see. And I was like, what is this, bear mace? Like, she is not fucking around.
0: And he's stabbing at the air. Like, um, it reminds me of Halloween 2. Okay. At the very end of Halloween 2, when... Um, uh, did she stab him in the eye with um, the the scalpel or something like that? So his eyes are bleeding. It's blood you know, yeah. in his eyes. And yeah. he's just stabbing the air what, randomly. randomly? Yeah. Wild, just slicing motion. Slicing motion, yeah. can't figure it out. So he's still, so he's, he's blinded. Lisa's hiding under a pile of laundry. Meanwhile, Catherine comes jumping out with a Louisville slugger, beats yeah. the crap out of him, and he goes flying out the window. Yep. Batter up. That's my End, last quote. That's right. <laughs> End of movie, my friends. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So this cast. So we got Stacey Keenan, who was on My Two Dads. Uh, D.W. Moffat was um, our serial killer, uh, Richard. He was on a show called For Your Love. And apparently he's on a show called Switched at Birth, which I guess is like an ABC Family show. And I wouldn't know because I don't watch ABC Family.
1: No, he was in uh The Cutting Edge movie toe pick oh isn't that him
0: no you mean you mean like the lead guy
1: yeah no that's that's db sweeney
0: i know i'm sorry oh. it's okay. it's a, i no, dw Moffat. db sweeney it's like dermot moroney yeah. dylan mcdermott <laughs> Damn we, it. right we have a dw throughout the whole
1: movie we now have a, I gotta watch it again we have a
0: dw db sweeney situation now Son um of a bitch. i know i never know the- That's crazy. Okay. Cheryl Ladd uh, is from Charlie's Angels. And the director said this is probably the best thing she's ever done, uh, which I thought was a little rough. Um, Tanya Fenmore, who plays Wendy was in my stepmother's an alien. And I've only seen that movie one time and I wasn't really a fans, but I know that she's in it. And I know she was like a big TV actress. Like she had been in um, episodes of punky Brewster life goes on, you know, the Torkelson's all these other like sitcoms that came out around that time. Uh, Julie Cobb, who plays Wendy's mom, was the mom on Charles in Charge. Oh. Yep. That's the only place I know her from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She has 30 seconds of screen time. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And then, of course, Jeffrey Tambor, which we know from Arrested Development and literally everything else on the planet. Uh, This movie was shot in Venice and downtown L.A. So the uh, sort of all the prettier shots. Of different things like that were actually shot in Venice, whereas the um, the street where they lived and the lofts and that sort of like industrial looking area was downtown L.A., which was a very dangerous place to shoot at that time, and it actually, honestly, still is.
1: <laughs> News to me, I yeah. know nothing of L.A. I, you know, it was
0: originally supposed to be set in Chicago uh, because Gary Sherman's a big Chicago guy. Now you would know Gary Sherman, director, because he did poltergeist three oh, okay yep then i do know gary sherman which i'm a big fan of i love poltergeist three um and uh so he wanted to set it in chicago because i guess at the time there were a lot of people living in lofts in chicago it was like a big art district type thing but you know uh budgetary constraints led them to have to shoot in southern california um production went smoothly everyone got along no big no big problems uh, the apartment where they lived was actually the second floor of an abandoned hardware store in Hollywood. Of, of course it is. You know, I just love it so much. Um, D.W. Moffat got more shit for playing a gay man with AIDS in early Frost than he did playing a serial killer.
1: Well, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's...
0: Horrible time yeah. period that we live in. But yeah, at that time, it was like his agents and those people gave him way more shit about playing a gay man than they yeah. did about paying a serial rapist yeah. yeah good for you and that is pretty much it okay so next do you want to do butcher baker nightmare maker okay we
1: could do butcher baker nightmare maker just because
0: it's so much fun to say it's so much fun to say oh my goodness all right you guys stay manic
1: and if you want to at us we are on instagram Yeah, I did. I got an Instagram just so people can at me now. Exactly. Oh, and we have one more um, shout out. Um, What's
0: up, Belgium? What's up, Belgium? Yeah, we got our Belgium peeps in the house. All right. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.